0: Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your hosts, Mother and Daughter Team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. These shows are brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation and are dedicated to Gloria and Heidi's son and brother, Scott, and to all those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, Open to Hope Radio.
1: Good morning. This is the Open to Hope Show with your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, and my co-host,
2: Dr. Heidi Horsley.
1: We want to welcome you today. and uh, Heidi, before we get started with our wonderful uh, guest, Alice Whistler, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, building self-esteem after loss. But before we get to that, I wondered if you wanted to talk about a little bit about this fantastic honor that you' we are receiving, the foundation's receiving, and you are going to go and represent us, right?
2: I am, and we are so honored. It is the foundation that is giving us an award is the Billy Esposito Foundation, and they are giving us the Healing Hand Award, and they are located here in New York City, which is where I live, and I'm so honored because, Mom, they have so much in common with us, as you know, and they've been on our show. They were on our show on January 18th, if you want to hear it. You can go into our archives, and the foundation was started by a mother-daughter team, just like we are, Stevie and Susan Esposito, in honor of their father and spouse, Billy Esposito, who was killed in the World Trade Center on 9-11. And they've, they've started this great foundation, and it actually provides free services to children who have lost a parent all over the New York area. And they're giving us this award, Mom, so I can't wait to get it. And just to honor them as well and talk more about what we're doing and like I said, I think I said it's at Tribeca Rooftop on, let's see, when, what, what day was it? May 18th at 6.30 p.m. If anyone wants to join me, I will be there.
1: Absolutely. Everyone's invited, all of our uh, audience and uh, the money that you pay to go to that. I think, what, how much is it, Heidi? Do you know?
2: It's, I think it's about $250 a person, and I'll be posting the um, invite, et cetera, on our Facebook page, our Open to Hope Foundation Facebook page. So... Anyone out there who wants to join, that will we'll get this information, and I'll be posting it on our websites as well.
1: And it's a great cause, so they they just do wonderful work. So if you can make it, that would be fantastic.
2: Again, it's amazing to me and fabulous. And I was telling their executive director, Robin Goodman, this: they provide free services to children, free grief services, and it's it's rare in New York City to find anything that's free. So and and it's it's just a really fabulous organization and for a great cause and for a great person.
1: So. Right. So so try to make it there. Well, Heidi, we've got a great show today. You want to introduce our guest?
2: Yeah, I'd love to. And Alice Whistler is going to be our guest mom, and she is one of our Open to Hope writers and has written quite a bit. Heidi, 26, uh, 26
1: articles. I know. Awesome. I just went on.
2: It's fabulous. <laughs> it's fabulous. So I feel like we know her um, since she's part of the Open to Hope family. And she is going to talk today on building self-esteem after loss, and she's calling in from North Carolina and Alice founded Daniel's House, Daniel's House Publications after her son Daniel died from cancer treatment in 97, 1997. Alice is the author of Memorial Cookbooks, Slices of Sunlight, Down the Cereal Aisle, and the novels that pertain to Grieving Rain Song, How Sweet It Is, and coming up in October, Hatteras Girl, is that how you say it, Alice, Hatteras? It's Hatteras Girl. Hatteras Girl. Mm-hmm. And they're the fabulous books. From Hatteras book. Lighthouse. Ah, and the beautiful covers and fabulous books, and we're going to talk with Alice about her website and blogs, because I love them. When I went on her blog, I was smiling, because it's so bright and light and wonderful, and Alice designs remembrance cards and teaches grief writing courses. Hi, Alice. Hi. Welcome. It's good to be with you all. Thank you.
1: It's great to have you on. Now, were you a writer before Daniel died?
0: Before Daniel died, I did some poetry, and I think that I always had an aspiration to be a fiction author. But when he died, things really changed a lot, of course, and um, I just had to journal and get out all my frustration and, and um, emotions out on paper, in journals, and then I began writing articles, like the ones that are posted on the Foundation's website. And well, so um, definitely writing has changed. You know, I've always wanted to write and enjoyed writing, but it's changed with the death of my son.
1: Uh-huh. So, uh, did you take care of him for a long time? He died of cancer treatments in 1997. How old was he?
0: Yeah, he was diagnosed when he was three in 1996, and that was Mm -hmm. right around this time of year. So, this time of year in North Carolina, we have a lots of beautiful spring, and the first years after he died, it was hard to face the spring remembering Mm -hmm. his diagnosis. His death was in February, eight months after treatments.
1: Wow, not so, um, too long, very quick.
0: No, basically the, the treatments worked. They were powerful, um, the chemo and radiation, but they killed the patient
1: in uh-huh. the process. What type of cancer did, he, did you say what he had?
0: He had neuroblastoma, and it appeared in the left side of his neck as a large tumor, and it was, it's a highly malignant cancer.
1: Wow. So, so and, what a...
0: And you said he was, only, he was only three? He was three when he was diagnosed and then four when he died. Wow,
1: that's awful. Well, you know, I I was asking you uh, if you could give me some questions that you might be interested in answering, and I was very intrigued by one of your questions. You said, what was one of your greatest attributes before the death of your son? What was it?
0: Oh, I think that I probably, before the death of my son, Uh I think I probably prided myself on the fact that... um, I you know, had a fairly good sense of humor, and I was organized, and I could handle lots of things. The only problem is I didn't really have many things in my life that, that were difficult before that point. I was 36 when Daniel died, and um, before then I had had, you know, happy childhood and, and no major tragic loss, so... Um, I think, yeah, the sense of humor, the being able to bounce um, back even from, you know, the sad days that we all have before death, and being able to organize life and those around me, and um, and that is something I think that I was content with and, and prided myself on. and So you grateful. felt
1: pretty good about yourself. How about your self-esteem after he died? What happened with you?
0: Oh, it went sailing north, no, south, I guess we sailed south when we're talking about it being negative. Yes. Um, After Daniel died, I think it was harder to make decisions, you know, the typical things that we think about relating to um, so many deaths, focusing on tasks, caring about appearance. I'd always cared about that. Of course, I was pregnant when he died, so... Couldn't do too much in you know the area of like exercise um, as far as like losing weight or, or maintaining weight because it seemed like I was gaining a lot um, with my fourth pregnancy. I think the um, desire to make new friends. I always was excited about meeting new people and you know whenever people were anywhere at the mall, restaurants, and I would run into you. You might not see me, but I'd make a point that I would acknowledge you. And I think that after Daniel died, um, sometimes I would see people and think, I hope they don't see me because I don't care to speak with them now because I know they're going to be uncomfortable or ask questions or say things that are going to infuriate me. Um, mm-hmm. And as many were trying to be nice, but I often didn't take to the cliches that were said very well. And I think you know the desire to, to be successful, to think about my future, to volunteer or help out, to think about my kids' future and what it held for them just this neat little family life you know we were going to have four kids on earth all together um two parents and you know it was just going to be great and daniel and i possibly would be able to think about how you know he overcame cancer so that was how i was it was going to be and you know of course all of that just changed and um I wondered who I was when I would wake up in the morning.
1: Now, uh, how long, Heidi, I was just thinking, it must have been something with his pre- being pregnant, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, it
1: was difficult. Heidi, what's your thought about that?
2: About about her being pregnant? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I also wondered, you know, as a parent, I mean, it must have been so hard, Alice, I'm thinking, seeing this little child, I'm thinking about Daniel now for a minute, and, and not being able to... She, as a parent, not being able to cure him, not being able to protect him, not being able to save him, basically, you know, yes. from, from myself working being so professor. Hard.
0: Yes, yes, we had worked so hard over his treatments and, you know, and just doing everything that we could to, um, to be good, uh, so that he could be a good patient. We could be that, you know, ideal Couple, family in the hospital, and getting along well with the nurses and
2: doctors,
0: and going along with all the treatments and everything. And
2: and if um... and, and if it, it, it so brings back, you know, you had your whole life planned, and it so brings back the mantra that I'm always talking about, Mom, that I kind of live by now, because you know we all have those life scripts we write for our lives. This is what our life is going to look like. You were saying I'm going to have four kids. This is what it's going to look like. We're going to all live together. He's going to overcome cancer. And I live by this mantra that uh, a psychologist named Dr. Joseph Campbell said that goes, we must be willing to give up the life that we have planned so that we can embrace the life that is waiting for us. Because every single person listening today is not living the life that they've planned. That's right.
1: Absolutely. We're going to go to break now. And when we come back from break, we want to talk more with Alice Whistler about building self-esteem after loss. And we want to get some tips from her on what she did and how she has moved on with her self-esteem and to be writing these books and teaching writing workshops and writing for Open to Hope and all the wonderful things that she is doing. I'm your host Dr. Gloria Horsley with my co-host Dr. Heidi Horsley and you're listening to the Open to Hope show brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation whose mission it is to help people find hope after loss. Please stay tuned for more.
2: Welcome back to the Open to Hope Show. I'm Dr. Heidi, and I'm here with my mom, Dr. Gloria, and we are talking with Alice Whistler, who is calling in from North Carolina, and Alice has founded Daniel's House Publications and has written numerous books that pertain to grieving. Uh, One is Rain Song, How Sweet It Is, and then coming in October is, okay, Alice, help me out. Hatteras Girl. Hatteras Girl. Okay, I said it right. Okay, so welcome back, Alice and Gloria. Um, I wanted to mention Alice's site, start out mentioning that she's got a blog and a website, and you can get to the blog blog from the website. There's a little link and back and forth. Um, so Alice, how do we get to your website? We just Google your name. No, we put in your name. Yes, my website URL is Alice Whistler.
0: So that's Alice. Then the last name w i s l e r dot com. And that will get you to the website and also, the blog and I love it when people respond on the blog or you know email me because there's an email address you can get off the website I love hearing from you know people from all walks of life and of course especially those who have had children die Um, I I enjoy I guess it's an okay word to use I'm encouraged and I'm I'm honored to hear from people who have also lost children
1: and
2: and if you can't get to if you don't remember what Alice's site is just go to the Open to Hope page she's one of our contributing authors and I just want to say on her blog I love your blog because it makes me smile you have like you know pictures of ice cream sundaes and food which is so nice and children you just have a lot of really great pictures I think on your blog well thanks I try to keep it funny and and that's so where I blog
0: about Daniel too so um Mm -hmm. It's, I, I'm hoping that it will you know, kind of be a link for those to look at, those who don't know much about grief that I'm Facebook friends with or um, that are part of my Facebook fan club site. Someone created a Facebook fan club page for me, which I think is um, interesting and fun. But, you know, I, I do hope that um, as people get to know me that they will take the time to read the, the articles, especially pertaining to grief, because I think we all need to be educated in that area.
1: So talk a little bit, uh, when we went to break, you had been talking about being pregnant and not being able to, wanting to associate with people and and really uh, your self-esteem had taken a blow. What have you done and, and what would you recommend to our audience uh, about after they've had this kind of a traumatic loss? Uh, how do you get it together?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think that um, just realizing the need to be with other people who have also had a similar loss, Um, if you've lost a child, you know, others that have lost a child, lost a parent, maybe being part of a grief group like the international organization, the Compassionate Friends, or Bereaved Parents, that was helpful to me, to realize, because the rest of the friends that I had who were civilians, who had not been through this exhausting battle that ended in loss, did not understand completely, and they were you know, still hoping I would bounce back and and be the happy way I used to be, because I think that is pretty much my nature and always has been. I thought I would never get back to that at all. But it was great to be able to talk with other parents, cry with them, and realize I wasn't going crazy. The other thing that was helpful was books, books that were written by parents who had lost children. And also writing, journaling helped me just to continue to pour everything out, the freedom to say what I wanted to, to know that what I wrote was for my eyes only. I didn't have to share it with anyone else if I didn't want to. And I think those are things that other parents can do too. If you can attend like a grief seminar or Compassionate Friends regional or national conference, I think that's helpful because you can be with others who are like you. And often at the national conferences, you can have the, um, be in a session with people who have had a loss similar to yours, like if it was a car accident where your child died, you can you know, be with others who also had a child die in an automobile accident or a cancer death or suicide. And I think just learning from the expert excerpts, experts, there we go, so to speak, is, is so helpful. And also I think um, you want to be with a group of people that will honor the memory of your child. And if you can do things in memory of your child, I think it helps you to know you're not going crazy. It gives you that encouragement that your child lived. Um, of course, you know the child lived, but the encouragement that others want to hear about the life of your child, and that you can do something to show that your child did walk this earth, for however long or short—it's always too short.
1: Well, t- well, tell us about these. Gr- yeah, tell us about these grief uh, writing courses that you do.
0: Yes, the ones that I offer online. I kind of coined the phrase "writing the heartache." I teach these online for five weeks, and um, you can go to my website again and see when the next course is offered. I've just started one now, and this is for people who have had um, a significant loss in their life. It doesn't have to be a child. I've had people come that have lost parents or um, siblings, and also after they sign up and um, register, then I send them some information, and then every week send them out a lesson and an assignment, and some articles, and just helpful things, and then they will um, send the assignment back to me, completed, um, in a Word file, uh, or Word document. And this really helps me, I think, too, because they always say the teacher learns more than the students. It just is an honor for me to be able to read what other people have written, and to see the value and power of writing The Heartache, just to have people say, you know, this lesson was difficult. It was hard to now,
1: what would write your... a
0: poem or something. But but I got through it, and I learned a lot. And
1: What would my very first assignment be if I signed your up? Your
0: first assignment would be telling a little bit about yourself, because when I teach the classes as well uh, in a physical location, I will also want people to think a little bit about themselves and then their relationship to their loved one. And you'll do that sort of on your own. Um, and then the assignment you'll send to me Will be about describing your your loved one, and um, I think people you know like to be able to look at photos maybe and and describe a, capture a memory that from the when the photo was taken like a fishing trip or something and write about what it was like being with their child during that day, just just details um, about their personality, their likes, their dislikes, and that helps me to get to know the person too because most of the time I have not known the significant loved one who has died.
1: Wow. And and let me ask you, has this helped your self-esteem in reaching out to other people?
0: Yes, it has. Yes. To to think that I could help others and, um, you know, be a listening ear is very um, encouraging and helpful and healing for me. And I think that's why so often it's important to really do this grief journey with others. You want those who can help you and lift you up. You don't want those who are going to put you down and continue to make you feel bad because you don't need that. You need the positive reinforcement, the feelings that you're a valuable person, um, that you did love your child. You couldn't do anything to control the situation of his death or her death, but you are valuable. And um, I think that's when you can do something to help someone else or listen to someone or that just really, really is inspiring.
1: Well, Alice, thank you so much for being on the show. Heidi, did you want to say something?
2: I just wanted to say, Alice, that it is so empowering, like you have done when you reach out and help others, because when we've had a loss, we feel so victimized, and to reach out empowers us again. So thank you for all the work you've done. Well, thank
0: you, and I appreciate the work you all are doing, and um, I'm excited about the award that
1: you're getting uh thank you Thanks, and the, Alan. the foundation is getting and by the way alice without people like you writing for us we would not be getting this award our writers uh, and people who do things for us on our site are very very important to us and and we want everyone to know that if you uh like to write if you're interested in writing you can certainly go to our site it says write for us and and sign up and send us an example of your work and uh and join uh, the Open to Hope Foundation. And if you, even if you don't want to write articles for us, uh, you can go on to contact and tell us your story. So the Internet's a wonderful way for us to all connect up together in, in this uh, journey. We're all in it together. So, Alice, thanks so much for being on the show. And again, thank you so much for writing for us.
0: Well, thank you. I enjoyed
2: it.
1: Thanks, Alice. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. You've been listening to The Open to Hope Show, brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation.
0: You have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. If you have found this show to be helpful, you may visit us at opentohope.com, where you can become a part of our caring community by signing up for Facebook, Twitter, and the Open to Hope Foundation newsletter. Thanks for listening and tune in again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time.